0: Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now, on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric.
1: And
0: I'm Jason. Are you? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Oh, that was a long pause. I like,
1: <laughs> At least I, I was when I woke up this morning. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, we hope you're all doing great out there. And we got another fun fun and uh, fact-filled show. Definite- facts? Do we give people facts? We give people facts all the time. Facts and the figures. Even though yeah.
1: sometimes we bumble what we say. And even though sometimes we suffer casual, periodic brain farts, we still quote from... F-
0: Factual. Well, I, I would say you. I say you're more of the fact guy. I'm more of the emotional guy. I think you're, you are
1: definitely more emotional than I am. Yeah, yeah. On I'm, certain topics, I'm, I'm
0: more emotional about about things. And then, but you're more the fact driven guy. You got all the facts. So that's what makes us so
1: good, right? right? Exactly. We yeah. Balance
0: each other out, man. Yeah.
1: You're the yin to my yang, or is that reverse? Am I the uh, yin to your yang? Yeah. Something. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, but. I can see right now it's going in a bad direction. Let's just focus on the first story we're going to talk about here, okay? All right. The first story here is, uh, you you actually had brought this one up. This was
0: interesting. I didn't know this guy had passed away, unfortunately. Yes. Go ahead and take it here. What do we got?
1: Yes, folks. Okay. So uh, this past week, we lost one of the great filmmakers in Hollywood history. You might have heard of him. His name is William Friedkin. He was a multiple Oscar nominated and multiple Oscar winning uh, film director who was best known for two movies you probably heard of. One of them is called The French Connection and the other is called The Exorcist. He passed Mm. away this week at the age of 87. And uh, just uh, to let you know that in addition to his other films, uh, in addition to The French Connection and The Exorcist, uh, he also held movies such as Boys in the Band, uh, Cruising, to Live and Die in L.A., which I saw, which has Willem Dafoe, which is a sneaky good movie. All right, Jason, so
0: you're saying he was, what, 87 years old?
1: Yeah, William Friedkin was 87 years old, and he uh, passed away uh, earlier this week uh, due to congestive heart failure uh, and pneumonia. And, uh, yeah, Eric, he really was a pioneer when it came to uh, cinema of the 70s, which was very gritty, which was a lot darker, a lot more violent. Uh, you know, the and the films of the '70s had transitioned over from the '60s to become more representative of the decade that we lived in at that time, which was a more violent, paranoid, and um, uh, dirty decade, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And the two movies that he was best known for, uh, *The French Connection* and *Exorcist*, are, are really good um, examples from that decade of filmmaking. *French Connection*, one of the greatest cop dramas ever made. Gene yes. Ackman won an Oscar for that, for his role as Popeye Doyle. Roy Scheider was in that one as well. And uh, it has one of the greatest car chase scenes in the history of movie making. And the thing I liked most about Freakin's movies, Eric, was that he didn't over-embellish anything. He made them realistic. He put you in the scene. He put you there on the film, in the film itself, to make you feel What the characters were feeling Mm. and uh, from the location scouting to the cinematography, he really knew how to capture the essence of the time in which he was making movies. And um, yeah, he was he won Oscars and was nominated for a few more. He also is known for a couple of other sneaky good films that a lot of people may not know about. One of them is called To Live and Die in L.A., which stars Willem Dafoe, one of my favorite actors of all time. He also did uh, Rules of Engagement, Boys in the Band, so he had a very, now, le- very lengthy filmography.
0: Rules of, the, of Engagement is that with uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson?
1: No, I, th- uh, I think it might be the one I'm thinking of. Actually, I thought it had Samuel L. Jackson in it. I'll oh, have to okay. Take a look, but um, yeah, I think it was a military drama.
0: Oh, okay. I Maybe mean, I'm yeah. thinking of a different one. Uh, possibly, then. yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know that was a thing too back then. You know these directors, um, you know they were they were born out of a, a time. When um, they had a lot of freedom, but at the same yeah. time, they didn't have the tools that people have today, you know, exactly uh, the AI and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was mentioning uh, uh, b- before that, you know, I, I think that's one of the problems. I think sometimes... With the directors of today, you can't tell exactly what they did. The directors back then, you know, because of their style, because of what they had to... You know, they had to use just whatever they had at that time. And you're talking about the nitty-gritty, the realism yes. and all that. That's what they were filming with, Yes, you know, on scene, you know, on the... I mean, it was out, you know, out... If they were shooting New York, they were in New York. Exactly. You know, shooting these films. Yeah. Now they just have AI. They can throw up, you know, all the, all the phony baloney buildings and stuff. I mean, you know, with all the, you know, superhero movies and all this stuff, we're so used to this AI. Right. I mean, these guys, yeah. I mean, they they... They were very limited with what they had, but they were, uh, what can I say? They had an abundance of imagination with what they could do. I mean, it was truly amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't work with very lavish budgets either. I mean, the Hollywood studios in the 70s were very strict with their budgets. Uh, they kept filmmakers uh, really on a tight leash. Even with George Lucas, when he came out with the first Star Wars film, Lucas was on a very, 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 very. Oh yeah, the tight guy almost budget. died. Yeah, he did making
0: the, the film because, just because of all yeah. the stuff that happened and the stress mm-hmm. and everything
1: else. Exactly. So yeah, Friedkin did the absolute best with with them with the resources that he had, and he he did a darn good job with them too. So um, yeah, again, just uh, can't begin to say enough about his influence in Hollywood and what he meant to other directors that came after him. And um, well, you know, you I know. was
0: reading the story in the deadline too, going, uh, going over it here, uh, just to give you an idea. In '72, uh, when he won the uh, Best directing Academy Award, yeah. uh, for the French Connection, he was up against. Listen to the, to the, uh, the group he was up against. Yeah, He was up against uh, Stanley Kubrick for mm-hmm. a Clockwork Orange. Peter Bogdanovich for The Last picture so, Show. So, show, mm-hmm. show. <laughs> show, show,
1: show, show. Show, 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 show. If I could
0: get my mouth working, <laughs> that would really help uh, the podcast. Right. Um, Norm, <laughs> Norman Jewison for Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, that is, I mean, that that's an amazing that's lineup company. of movies. I mean, think about that. Every yeah. year, I don't even watch the Oscars anymore because it's just nope. trash. Let's it just is. be honest. But, you know, think about that, you know, you're trying to win Best best director, best pitcher, whatever, best actor, and you're up against these guys. I mean, that is amazing.
1: Exactly. That's some elite company to That be. was the
0: golden time. To me, that's the golden yeah. age of Hollywood. You know, I love the old, you know, the black and white, the, the, the era of Cary Grant and, and all mm-hmm. those guys, yeah. Gary Cooper and all that. But, you know, this was Jimmy really. Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. This was <clears> actually, <throat> though, the golden age, I think, just because of, <clears throat> of, of what they were able to do <clears throat> You know, like I said, they really had the freedom to do anything. You know, you had, you were talking about some other directors. Uh, you had uh, Martin Scorsese. Martin
1: Scorsese first broke out in the 1970s. We mentioned George Lucas, who actually broke oh. out with American Graffiti before he broke out with Star Wars. That's right. You
0: had, uh, uh, oh, why am I blinking on his name? Apocalypse Now. Oh, um, you're talking Godfather.
1: Of, oh, yeah. Francis Ford Francis Coppola. Francis
0: Ford Coppola, which he started at the time he started, I think it was United Artists, which was going to be a breakout from the studio system.
1: Yeah. Right? Amer- American Zoetry. Trope, uh, his studios was kind of like uh that breakaway from the tr- conventional traditional movie system yeah. and then of course you think about brian de palma who came out with carrie in 1979 yeah so, and steven spielberg's Spielberg, um, uh, spielberg uh, you obviously had, you yeah. Yeah. yeah Which
0: spielberg i mean he was i don't know if he's more of a good director or a good uh what can i say yeah uh, Cinema photographer, kind of an action director. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah, I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, and, and the one thing also, the mo- I think the most important thing, Eric, about cinema of the 70s and directors like William Friedkin is they broke down a lot of taboo. Mm. They touched on subjects that normally Hollywood would not touch with a 10-foot pole. Topics about... Uh, police violence about rape about um, about crime in general police brutality and they showed um, just, they
0: showed a truth about it. you know it wasn't did. it wasn't yes. just like whatever the uh, political um, you know accepted, ideology of the day is. I mean, they right. showed a truth about
1: it. Right. Exactly. That, yeah. Like you
0: said, that was, it was a taboo. People, yeah, it was. You know, it was right in
1: people's faces. Yeah. And so they, they bucked the trend and they broke away from that conventional taboo and they threatened this. They challenged the system and they said, we're going to tell the stories we want to tell because these are the most burgeoning topics that are really at the heart of the problems in our country right now. And so yeah. that's what Friedkin was one of those directors that did that. And he did it very well.
0: I would Very say that well. that's probably one of, yeah one of the good things that came out of the sixties right was the fact that you kind of had this you know no holds barred mm-hmm. you know kind of attitude uh, that that yeah. washed over with a lot of the seventies directors coming out of school you know in the sixties yeah absolutely later
1: sixties yeah um, so yeah anyway again William Friedkin passed away earlier this week eighty seven years old uh, rest in peace William thank you so much for your contributions to cinema and uh, you know keep God entertained up there
0: yeah yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Another great gone. Um, yep. There's another uh, another sad story that uh, you had uh, brought in.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, and uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take it. But it has to deal with Hulu.
1: Yeah, for those of us, and by us, I mean Eric and I included, because we are Hulu subscribers as well. Uh, Hulu is going to be raising its monthly subscription fees yet again. Not folks. again. Yes, again. Not again. Uh-oh, there it goes. There it goes. Yes. There it goes. So w- I don't know how much anyone else is paying for Hulu. But, but let, me, let me ask you this.
0: Are they going to yes. give us like, you know, twice the content then? No. Hold on. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Good one. That went yeah. over my
1: head. Okay. So, so no. The answer to that question is no. Hulu was so kind and courteous to announce earlier this week that they're going to be raising the uh, price of just their basic subscription package to start off with. Uh, to a big whopping $17.99 per month. Wow. That's just the basic option. The ad-free Hulu option will be going up to a whopping 7 dollars 99 per month. $17.99 per month, I'm sorry. The uh, ad-free Disney Plus plan, which was originally $7.99 per month, is going to cost $13.99 per month. Wow. So that's going to be the biggest increase there. And Eric, uh, also to mention here, the ad-free versions of both services are still significantly less expensive than some of their competitors, But still, the Hulu price alone is uh, one that a lot of folks, just you and I included, may have no interest in paying. And Eric, i got to tell you, I am livid about this. This is ridiculous. At some point, the rubber has to meet the road with these streaming services. Well, when is it going to end? Exactly. When is it going to end? And when the subscription services continuously raise their prices and their stakeholders who are their subscribers, take them to task and ask them, why are you raising? The number one reason we always get for the increase in prices is, well, we have to offset the cost of local productions. Then stop producing local content. Yeah. Granted, I don't know a lot about what goes and what's involved with that, but I'm not buying that as an answer anymore. I understand inflation is a real thing. I understand inflation is everywhere, in the food that we eat, in the clothes that we wear, in the cars that we drive, the houses that we live in, okay? But there are some things that don't need to be raised in price. Hulu is a billion-dollar entertainment company. I'm sure they can find another way to offset their production costs by not having to raise their subscription prices. Well, was this
0: the one where uh, it was Hulu part where uh, it was owned part by Comcast and part by Disney, and then it was under contract where Disney had to buy out uh, Comcast at a certain point? Yeah. Is, is that? I wonder if this is part, part of that raise, if, if they're trying to pay – it it possibly could be. To yeah. to, to pay for the and, and here yeah. We've talked about this so many times on this on this podcast, man. Yes. I mean, it's the same old thing. I mean streaming in the beginning I thought was the greatest thing in the world now we yep. see that it, it is destroying it is destroying not only our pocketbooks but it's really destroying content because it's like before you could you know you would rent it what you wanted to see and then right. you had cable that had other th- sports or that had right. other things that were just playing oh okay maybe I'll watch that maybe I'll watch this or, yeah. but, but with the streaming now this thing is getting out of control I mean there's no yes. way you're already paying you know what 15, 16 bucks for Netflix and then yes. you pay another 13 for you know, 14 for Disney, and then another 17 for Hulu, yeah, Ho- and then you got Paramount Plus, you got Peacock, yeah, you got Max, you
1: got mm-hmm. I mean, it's not gonna end. You're yes. paying more than you were with cable. It feels like right now, Eric, that's right now streaming is on the cusp of exploding, and it's already out of control. I thought you were going
0: to say extinction, to uh, be honest. It
1: could be. I think right now there is a large streaming bubble that is forming. Mm. This bubble continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And at some point, it it, like the housing bubble back in 2008, it's going to burst. And when it bursts, there is going to be no recovery from it because you can only continue to raise prices on your subscribers so much while offering a half-assed excuse for why you're doing it. And then when they start losing subscribers, hand over fist, they're going to be forced to double back and regroup and kind of think about their strategy again. And at that time, it might be too late. And Eric, look, I got to tell you, uh, just to put this in comparison a little bit more, I hope I'm not going too far over time here. No, no, Uh, you're fine. I remember seeing a quote by by director Christopher Nolan earlier this week. Uh, I believe it was in Variety Magazine, where Christopher Nolan said that Blu-ray is actually going to make a comeback here within the next five to six years. Really? He he, said that? He feels Blu-ray is much better than streaming because with Blu-ray, essentially you know what you're going to get. When you go out and buy the movies that you love, you don't have to worry about those movies increasing in price. Didn't
0: I talk about that too, I think? I think you did. Quite a few podcasts ago? When we were talking about going to the used DVD store and picking up...
1: Exactly. You don't have to pay... Uh, three different price tiers to watch the favorite movies you want. You yeah. can go and get Blu-rays now for as cheap as five ninety nine if you want to. Oh, cheaper even than that. Even on places like, yeah, cheaper than that, even on used, Amazon.
0: Used, used ones, yeah. you could go. A lot, a lot of places have still yeah. have used
1: DVD stores. You can buy them for a buck. Yeah, and so I think that's what's going to happen. I think streaming eventually is, it's already ballooned out of control, but I think it's going to get to the point now when that bubble bursts Everyone's just going to be sick and tired of it. Mm. They're going to, like me, they're going to cancel their subscriptions to Max, Hulu. Well, maybe not Netflix, but Max <laughs> and Hulu, uh, maybe not Amazon Prime. But the point being is that... Well, you that have
0: Amazon Prime anyway, right? That's right, kind of a given. But then Amazon Prime is a yes. joke because, yes, they do have a lot of content that's free, but then you still have to rent. Still have to rent. And here's the other yes. thing that's really ticking me off about this is how these... Uh, Here's here's what I think is going to happen, and you're right. I think at some point it's going to there is a bubble and it's going to pop. But I think yes. what they're going to do is they're going to roll it all into one or two services. They're going to bundle all these streams, and people will be able to still get that content, but they're going to have they're going to pay one one or two providers right and then pay basically cable prices we're going to go back to what you know what do we used to pay for cable 80 120 bucks a month or whatever to get the, all these channels.
1: 99 used to be my direct there TV you go
0: board. and we're gonna and you're gonna pay that and yeah. then you're gonna have access to you know maybe a, a group of these that are that are signed up with this company
1: a group of these uh And you know what? Streaming services. I would have no problem whatsoever with these streaming services bundling themselves in five, six, or seven different groups and offering the best entertainment on those platforms and paying upwards of $100 at the most. You know, yeah. to get at least four different streaming platforms bundled together to watch different shows, to watch different movies. And by that, I don't mean a lot of the cheap films that are B rated films that you find on places like Tubi. No disrespect to Tubi, because they actually have some decent films on their platform with ads, of course, but Eric, I I think
0: that's, that's a great, I think that's a great thing now, obviously because I'm cheap, but,
1: but (laughs) I mean, you know, going
0: going to Pluto TV or going to Tubi and watching these old shows and watching, you know, these movies and you have to watch ads with them. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, we used to do that with network TV. You sit there and have to watch through, you know, shows through the ads um, and even on cable. So, you know, I, I think that that, but yeah, you know, having a service where you're gonna, you know, where you're running ads I mean, listen; these ads are getting out of control too. I mean, it seems like here's the thing that ticks me off. I'm, I'm gonna go on a little, little tangent. Here's the thing that ticks me <laughs> off a little gripe about streaming services is that you know a lot of times you'll I'll start the movie and then I'll have to click out of it for a second or something. Like we'll say, oh no, let's do this. No, 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 let's go back to the movie. And then I'll go back and click the movie. Now and I got to st- I, I got to get you know I got an ad to say, hey, watch these ads and you get it free. And I start yeah. and I got through that part. Yeah, I yeah. clicked out of it. I get back in it. Now it says watch these ads again. Right. and you get to watch. It. I'm right. like, wait a minute. I'm like sitting right. there watching 20 minutes of ads because and it's not necessarily their fault, but it's a little trick they do. I understand right. they get more ad, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm tick. I'm I am going back. Unfortunately, as you guys, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard my whole story about my 3D TV and then my 3D TV going out. I don't think yes. I'll be able to watch 3D movies anymore, but I will still go to the DVD store and buy DVDs I think for movies that we really care about I already did I mean I've got the Indiana Jones at least the ones that I wanted yeah uh, collection. I've got Star Wars. I've got mm-hmm. all the movies that I want, and I'll build on that. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm still going to do that.
1: And you know what? There's nothing wrong Didn't with that. Didn't we just
0: get rid of all of our... I mean, you know, it's the thing. It's like, we I just got went, rid of most of mine. Exactly. We went through a <laughs> period where it's like, no, the streaming's so great. Yeah. You don't have to have all these movies laying around. And so, mm-hmm. most everybody did that, and they got rid of their movies. And then now we're like, it's streaming, and the prices are getting ridiculous. You know, and you can only watch... You know, you have to have four or five services just to watch what possibly you mm-hmm. want.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so if, if there does come a point where we do see a lot of these streaming services bundled together and they make it worthwhile to pay a lot of money and by worthwhile, I mean, you have some of the the blockbuster new releases included. You don't have to pay additional to watch some of the newer releases like you do on Amazon Prime, et cetera, et cetera. Then I would be willing, again, to pay a little bit out of the out of the nose to watch these bundled streaming services packaged together. But overall, mm. Eric, my, my thought philosophy on this is simple. If I want the biggest blockbuster films like you, I'll go down to Mad Monks and I'll just pay uh, a total of $35 for 20, for 20 Blu-rays that are big yeah. blocks office blockbusters. If I want to watch the older stuff that's been out for 30 years or more, I'll click on Tubi or I'll click on somewhere else to watch a lot of the older stuff that comes out. But uh, yeah, and, and oh, here,
0: here's the thing that ticks me off, right? Like, you know, unfortunately, we got we lost Paul Rubens. We talked about that, yes, a couple sweetie. weeks, right? Yeah. So I wanted to, to introduce my daughter to go to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, okay. right. Mm-hmm. I say I've got all these streaming services, right? It's got to be on one of these things,
1: and I can't find it, huh? and I
0: can't find it. Now I can find it to rent. Yeah. I'm like, well, forget that. I'm already paying, you know, probably, you know, 60 bucks on streaming services. And then I got to pay another three ninety nine dollars to rent the damn
1: movie. And see, I'm going to take you back to the studios because this is where the studios come into play. Okay. The streaming services actually have to pay the movie studios um, to carry this particular type of movies. The studios tell the streaming services, okay, here are the movies that we will go ahead and sell sell to you that we will allow you to stream on your platforms. And the reason why movies are constantly changing release dates and cutoff dates on their platforms is because the studios give them to the streaming platforms for an X amount of time, Mm. two weeks, a month, whatever. And that's why they're constantly changing. So this also is Hollywood is also partly to blame for this because they obviously have got to make their money and in order to allow their product to be, um, to be, uh, carried on these platforms, they tell the, the, the streaming services, the Netflixes, the Amazon Prime's, the Hulu's, okay, you want to you wanna show the Indiana Jones films on your platform? Great. Give us $5,000 for each film, and we'll go ahead and let, or just hypothetically speaking, yeah, give us $5,000 for each film. We'll let you air the movie on your platform for a whole month. And then you got to take it off. Maybe keep it off for another month, and then you can bring it on the month after that. So the studios are probably to blame for this as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and I will say, and, and also, uh, you were talking about, uh, Disney plus specifically going back to Hulu. I mean, you know, they had their third quarter earning, uh, uh, mm-hmm. announcement here a couple of days ago, Bob Iger. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, they're not doing too good, you know, and, and he's nope. talking about how, yeah, they're all, they're going to move in streaming. They're going to do this. Yeah. One of the worst things that could have happened to them ever was for them to have their own, uh, streaming their own stuff on their own platform Mm-hmm. and and buying all the extra content they did <clears throat> yeah you yeah, know and exactly. i don't i don't watch a lick of it i really i mean to be honest i'll go on disney plus and maybe once in a while i'll watch and we'll watch an older movie or something but yeah. you know when i say older movie i'm even talking like newer animations like you know encanto or uh you know whatever you know has been up there i mean i guess element is elemental up there now <laughs> Maybe we can uh, watch that. That might be.
1: If not, it might be there by the end of the but, night. <laughs> exactly. But my point
0: is being is that it, even these movies that aren't that that old, you know, we'll go back yeah. and maybe rewatch them. But yeah. I hardly ever. I don't think. To be honest with you, I don't really think I've. With the Disney putting out the the crap, where I'm back on Disney. Sorry, folks. But with Disney putting out the crap content that they have been lately, with and because that's the other problem is they have to come up with new content, and with yeah. them putting out the crap content, the newer crap content. And it's like, I I don't watch that, and I don't watch a lot of their older stuff anyway, so... I don't know
1: What's what left? what are you left with Yeah. exactly. What's left,
0: and and it really has. That's the thing too, and and with Hulu too. I mean, it really has watered down. Hulu doesn't have a lot of original content. The only thing I think they have really good going for them is Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I think is one of the shows. I don't know of, of anything else that's really popular on their platform. But anyway, w- with all these streaming platforms having to do original content, yeah, I think that's really watering down the talent pool too, and everything else. I mean, now of course it's a whole different story with the writer and the and the actor strike. Yeah. But um,
1: it's all getting watered down. We're just getting kind of crap content anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and again, like I said, eventually at some point – that rub that proverbial rubber is gonna hit the road if it hasn't already. And my only my only fear is that look, this is not gonna be the only price hike, folks. I'm willing I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that in another year oh, and a half, two sure. years, Hulu will come out with another price hike. Netflix has already said they're gonna be raising their prices again on their subscribers. So it's just it's a domino effect that is going in the opposite direction. And at some point, Eric, this is what frustrates me the most about money. When is it when when is making money too much? When can you make too much money, and is there ever an well, end to making it? That's the question.
0: You know, we we don't know we don't know behind the scenes, and and yes, to be exactly. to be playing devil, devil's advocate here a little bit. We don't know exactly how much money they're really making. Here's the problem: is that we run into an economic situation where credit for these companies have dried up. You know, a lot of these companies have kind of floated just on this, you know, kind of free money credit situation where they could just borrow 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 to kind of keep themselves afloat yeah Mm -hmm. and and keep going and then once Mm -hmm. once the pandemic now is truly you know we're out of it and then people are kind of getting hit with with some hard times here like you're saying that is the rubber that's meeting the road Mm -hmm. and i think they're looking at it this is the reality check we're getting and and i think this this is the reality check the streamers are getting and the consumers because they're seeing that they they can't function the way that they're doing it and still you know make a couple of bucks and survive yeah. and at the same time you know we're like listen how much do we really need this content and how much what's gonna break you know what's the, the price break there's always that price break when you when you, you know the consumer can't get charged anymore yeah you know they they just won't pay anymore because they just can't so i think we're right there i think the rubber is meeting
1: the road right now and we're kind of seeing it the old adage of supply and demand is not mixing and matching here because unfortunately when it comes to streaming the uh demand is simply not there for the supply and that's another Mm -hmm. reason for the discrepancy as well because um we we want more we expect more these streaming companies and these studios have to make money, 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 hand over fist. Well, yeah, there's got there's got to be a tipping point somewhere. I just don't know where it is. Well, and that's, and, and I'll go back and just say
0: that we don't even know what you know. Are they you know is, is it is it a situation now? You've got like situation Bob Iger. You know he's making whatever he's millions of dollars right a year. Is his salary whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's including parks and in the streaming and all this. We really don't know what these guys are making, these execs and stuff in this thing. I mean, who knows, man? I mean, I'm sure they're making good money, but yeah. I, I don't to me, I don't really see it as like are they is are these streaming services just greedy, I guess is what I'm getting at. I think they're they're actually trying to survive now. I mean we saw Netflix, remember their shares tanked. I mean yeah. You know the, I think're yeah. I think these streaming services man are really in trouble the yeah. only one, the, the only ones that can possibly make it out might be Disney because of the parks, but even they're having a hard time with that. amazon's got it kind of made because they've got uh amazon they've got you know all, all the people ordering stuff they've got a bigger part of the other business right. to kind of float it right apple the same <clears throat> way apple tv you've got. I mean, you know, Apple products. People are buying, you know, Apple is probably one of the most successful companies out there right Right. now. Right.
1: It's not like Netflix is in another venture in another business. Yeah, Netflix is just Netflix.
0: Just like Hulu is Hulu. Well, Hulu is Hulu, but it's tied into Disney, right? And then you have the other ones that are tied into uh, studios. You got Peacock. Mm. You got, you know, Paramount. Paramount, You got Max. And Max, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think the rubber's meeting the road right now, man. It's going to be interesting to see how this... I'm about ready to. I'll tell you right now, my budget. I'm about ready to eject on a few of these. I, myself. I am too.
1: I am too. I'm willing to tell my wife. Look, I'm. I'm willing to pay out the nose for Amazon Prime because we use Amazon a lot anyway. Yes, I know that makes me a bad person. All you anti Amazon <laughs> people out there, I'm willing to pay out the nose for Amazon Prime. Willing to live with Netflix and Max. After that, I don't need anything else. I,
0: I go back. We've talked about it many times, but I still go back. I still love the ritual, and I miss the ritual
1: of going to, go the, to the store, store the DVD. Yeah. DVD yeah. <laughs>
0: Not buying, just even renting. You know, there's right, like the family's right. there. Okay, what are we going to watch? Everybody agrees. Even if, even if it's a movie, you don't really, you know, everybody agrees to watch right. this thing, and you watch the one movie because, you know. Right. Um, so I, I'm a fan of that. So maybe, maybe that'll make it back. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, n- another story here. We're going to move on. Uh, we yeah. both saw Mission Impossible. And I, there was a little yes. story from Screen Rant. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the, the title yeah. of this uh, story was Mission Impossible 7 Changed One Key Detail Because It Was Too Close to Lord of the Rings. What? Do you know what it was?
1: I, <laughs> any, any guesses? Did it involve hobbits and dwarves?
0: And uh, maybe the eye of something?
1: The eye, the eye of Sorrow, the eye of Sauron. Yeah, I, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's what it is. That's what the story is about. So what happened Dang. is because now when we watch the movie, right? <coughs> yeah. there obviously uh, Mission Impossible. The uh, the the big baddie is the entity, The entity,
1: which is the AI driven, the uh, AI driven character.
0: Yeah, the AI driven character, and yeah. this AI driven character is represented mm. on all these screens wherever. Uh, Ethan Hunt goes is right. represented as this eyeball, essentially, right? right. It kind of looks like his digital eye, like an iris, right? I mean, it looks so, but yeah. it was funny. They said originally uh, it was supposed to be a red eye and people during the screenings, people were in the story they're talking about. And in the screenings, people were looking at it and they're, and they're saying it looked too much like Lord of the Rings. They kept getting those comments. <laughs> so they had to change it. And here's the other thing I thought. Here, oh boy! And then you know, and that kind of brought back to me what I was talking about when we were talking about this movie. And We did our movie review. Yeah. And yeah. folks, go listen to it. Uh, it's great, and I'm kind of biased, but I think it's great. Go it's listen. Outstanding. And, but when we were doing our movie <laughs> review, we we were kind of talking about. It. That was that was kind of one of my points is that you know this AI thing. That I was kind of upset about the plot, about it being the AI being the big baddie, because of the fact that it's just like we've had all these movies already, and, and you know, and I didn't I didn't really think about it, but it is true at the time. Lord of the Rings, even back then, mm-hmm. the Eye of Sauron, that was the same thing, right? Could see all and hear all. I mean, it was just it was kind of an AI of that time, right? Of, of I mean, mm-hmm. of, of of that world. Yeah. Exactly. And when I think about it too, Hal, same thing in two thousand one, a Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was representative kind of as this round red. Uh, uh dot i so yeah. yeah i just thought that was i i kind of brought back my point that you know this whole ai thing that's why i was disappointed in the big baddie being this entity uh for mission impossible but anyway i thought yeah. it was kind of a funny story that they had to change it because of uh because of lord of the rings because of the people saying yeah lord of the rings that they uh well, yeah.
1: I guess they're going to nip it for anything, huh?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't blame them. I mean, you know, hey, it's like... Anyway, um, okay, we're going to jump to the other story here. Yeah. Uh, we got to go, uh, but uh, real quick. Yes. Re- I haven't watched it. I told you I gave up on this series yes, already. I'm done with it. Um, and unfortunately, I have not gone back. Maybe someday. But okay. I did see an article here from The Nerdist that talked about a uh, classic... Because this caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Classic Star Trek character joined Strange New Worlds. So I thought I got it. I know you're watching it, right? Yes, I am. You're still into it, you're still hanging on. Yes. Who is this
1: classic character? What's going on, and what do you think? I'm giving out all she's got, Captain. (laughs) Uh, It is Mr. Scott. Yes. Classic engineer originally portrayed by the great James Doohan. Scotty is making a return in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And, Eric, I could not be more disappointed. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Really? I am disappointed. What's going on? I'm disappointed that they're introducing his character at this point. Why is that? Okay. We all know that Captain Kirk took over for... Captain Pike as captain of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Okay, some of his, some of Pike's crew, like Mister Spock, and well, Mister Spock in the original series, wasn't it just Spock? It was just Spock. Yeah. Now you've got Uhura, Uhura, and then now you have Mister Scott coming in here, and then Nurse Chapel as well, and Chapel, yeah. Eric, I I have no problem with them introducing some of these original series characters in this particular Strange New World series. I just don't like the timing of it. Okay. This is supposed to be about Captain Pike's crew, okay? Not about, and and even though Kirk and his crew eventually take over command of the Enterprise, it's not supposed to be during Captain Pike's tenure as captain of the Enterprise. Mm. It happens afterwards, okay? And look, I know why they're doing it they're trying to draw interest for the original series characters to a new to a new gener, a new generation, a younger generation okay. that doesn't appreciate Star Trek the way you and I do. But you don't need to do it at this point. In some way, I didn't even agree with them bringing in Ohura's character. Mm. I thought that was way too early to do that. You know, and it's just to what it does to me is it causes in a way it causes some excitement. Because it makes you wonder, okay, we we know what happens to Captain Pike. Where are they going Pike. with this? Where are they going with this? Yeah. We know what happened. We know what happens to Captain Pike's character in the Star Trek General Canon. You know, he suffers a, a horrific accident from plasma burns. He's in a, a motorized wheelchair. He can't talk all this other stuff. He doesn't die, but he lives. <clears throat> and that's when Captain Kirk takes over. The rest is history. Okay, but again, it's just Uh, that that's part of the excitement of them introducing the characters into this, but it's also for me just a little too early because it seems Mm. like there's still a lot of story that they want to tell with Pike's crew. And they are now, even though they're committed to a season three, I don't know how the writer and the actor strike is going to affect their filming for that series Uh. for that season. So we know there's going to be a third season of Strange New Worlds with Pike and his crew. Eric, I just I don't like the timing of it. You don't need to introduce original series characters in at this
0: well, point. And, and just like we talked about <laughs> on a previous podcast, um, that uh, this captain, well, he's not captain yet, but yeah. this Kirk.
1: Now, w- now, yeah, Kirk, you're right. Kirk is in this Kirk, one.
0: But no, I'm just but- saying Kirk, <laughs> Kirk is. I don't like the way they're portraying his character. You know, right. it's kind of like, When you're dealing with with beloved characters, when you're dealing with a canon, you have to be very, very careful with it, you know? And so you're introducing, they did okay with Ohura. I mean, I I accepted her in Strange New Worlds. I thought, okay, okay, that's fine. But with Kirk now, what they've done with his character, I don't like. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling me Scotty's in here, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm really concerned. I don't like what they did with him, so now that makes me concerned about what they're going to do with Scotty. So, so far, what have they done with him? Is it still kind of, are they still following the same path, or... You know, is he coming? Is he Irish and not Scottish? I mean, what's going
1: on? No, he's, he's very much Scottish. Okay. But what they're doing is they're trying to show just different dimensions of these characters. And he's an engineer and coming in, right? He is a lieutenant. Yeah, he is an engineer coming in, but he doesn't have, like, the rank of captain or commander like he had in the original series to begin with. And right now in the series, Carol Kane uh, plays the engineer for the Enterprise. Which I thought's an interesting... I never liked that cast. You didn't like that? Why? Just, I've never been a Carol Kane fan. Oh. Because of the way she talks. Just, yes, I, I can't understand her for crying out loud. She is wow. hard. I
0: will say that. She is hard to understand. Now, she but is I,
1: hilarious in The Princess Bride. Hopper dink, hopper dink, hopper dink. But, you know, so, she, you she, know. She, she does give... <laughs>
0: what, what's, a, what's a person in a cast that kind of throws everything off? I mean, she does do good mm-hmm. to kind of mix everything up in that. Because that, right, that cast can right. become very stale very quick. Because they all yes. act brooding. They all act... So, you know, emotionally uh, uh, torn right. up in this whole thing, you know, right. the strange new rules. The first season was really good. The second season, like I said, I gave up on it, but I, I started getting really concerned.
1: Second season is starting to get there. It's becoming a little bit more interesting. Uh, I haven't seen Subspace Rhapsody yet, which is the musical. Oh, God. But I did see the mo- the, the previous episode to that, the one where they in- they welcome in the Klingon ambassador that was powerful storytelling. That mm. was a great episode. And really? if you haven't watched that, I would at least recommend watching that. Okay. But um, so yeah, it feels like it's starting to get better. But again, uh, I just you know, Kirk's character aside, who's portrayed by Paul Wesley in this series, uh, I just I'm sorry, you don't need to introduce any more original series characters. It's just too much of a distraction <laughs> yeah. from the the crew that is what makes this series this series. You know, I, I got to say is that I, I
0: think I think the series is that's one of the problems, and 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 I'm I think with the characters they're too afraid to take chances, and that's maybe why they're bringing in so many of these old characters all the time. Captain Pike, I mean, in the beginning, I I liked his character. Now it's almost like he's too uh, too stale. He's always right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He always kind of knows, I don't know.
1: Which, in knows a way... is
0: better. I mean, and, and and not always, but I mean, it, yeah. it in this season, I've got more of the sense of that.
1: Which is very interesting because in the original pilot of, of Star Trek, the one that Gene Roddenberry sold to the studios, uh, Jeffrey Hunter, who was a well-known, uh, very good actor at the time, who was in a lot of Westerns. He was in a couple of John Wayne Westerns. Mm, yeah. uh, and then he was in a... Uh, a couple of other good projects as well. He was cast as Captain Pike, and his character in that was more of a chivalrous character. He was more a little bit chauvinistic to some extent, but he was very, uh, very confident, very brooding, very, uh, very machismo. Mm-hmm. And Anson Mount, who portrays Pike in this series, is in stark contrast from that Captain Pike that yeah. Jeffrey Hunter played. You're right, he's more reserved. It seems like he's more knowledgeable. It seems like he's more passionate. Not well, not pa. He's passionate, but just in a different way.
0: Yeah, you know. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, here's here's what did it for me. I gotta say, when um, there's even talk. I was reading this article. There's even talk that they may have a they may kill another character off uh, towards the end of this I season. Would, uh, I've heard anyway, that as well. Okay, there's rumors, yeah. but yeah. but. When when they killed, I cannot, I cannot remember the uh, the character name, but the uh, person that was the original engineer on this ship in the first season,
1: uh, and, Lieutenant Commander Hammer,
0: and they killed him off. He to yes. me he was the most interesting character on that ship. Okay, and I was really disappointed when they killed him off. I mean, you know, just because it's like uh-huh. you kill off one of your most interesting characters. They should. Yeah. Why did they ever get rid of that guy? They should have kept him as engineer. Not they don't have to bring in Scotty. He was
1: Andorian. I think it was the antenna. I think it freaked everybody out. Yeah, he's Andorian. It was the antenna on top of his head. I guess I don't know. Just a guess. You know what? I mean, he
0: was one. To me, he was one of the most interesting characters on that ship. He was, and yeah, I'm. I'm really. It seems like a lot of these guys. I I don't know. It seems like a lot of these people are very one dimensional on Mm -hmm. that ship so far. And he, he was, he was the most. Three dimensional character on there, and, and I was really sad they took him off, and yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I I may have to go back and I may watch that one episode you're talking about, yeah. But boy, man, I'm really really concerned. Okay, Scotty, though. Yes. Uh did you did you already did you answer it? Do you like what what they're doing with? Did they introduce him already? Right, they introduced him.
1: Uh, they've introduced him I have not
0: watched the he's episode not, he's, not, he's not the engineer yet
1: he's not the, he's going to be the engineer right he's not the engineer yet it okay feels so like what do they do with
0: him what do they do with him uh, right I,
1: now right now I think he, he works in engineering but he's okay. working under Carol Kane's character right now okay so you I'm sorry yeah so, we got off track so
0: you're saying yeah. the Carol Kane and uh, mm-hmm. so he's working under her right now. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it feels like it's kind of, it's like a, it's going to be a rollover. And she, I mean, Carol Kane was never going to be a fixture a on permanent. that series anyway. So yeah. yeah. And now from that standpoint, it does make sense to introduce Scotty. Cause if she's not going to be a regular, you got to find a way to roll her off and bring in somebody else. Yeah. And so it does make sense that you bring in Scotty. So I understand that, but I still think, still think it's way too early. Yeah. So I think it's way too early. I haven't seen the episode yet where he's introduced yet. I'm one episode behind. So, um, but uh, when I watch it, I'll let you know what I think of him and okay. give a little brief synopsis. About okay, that. so yeah, ha- I, I was I
0: misunderstood then. So you haven't seen him yet?
1: Not the one with him in it. No, I've read okay. about him being introduced, but I just haven't seen the episode.
0: yet. Okay, okay. Then I, I'm, sorry I'm sorry to put you on the spot because I, I misunderstood. Oh, no, put it on the spot. I, I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just I thought I thought you had already seen it, so I was going to try to get your your yeah. input as far as what you thought about him. All right. No worries. So we haven't seen him yet. We don't know. Do you think they're they're jumbling characters around too much?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, they are. Yeah. I also. Think they didn't need to introduce Paul Wesley's Captain Kirk this soon mm, into the yeah. series. They could have waited till season three or even a later season to introduce his character. Yeah. When they get to the point where they think that Strange New World is going to come to an end. Then you can start introducing more of the original series cast members like Sulu and Scotty and uh, and uh, Chekov, and I'm I'm sure Doctor McCoy is just well, right around the corner. Even when so. the Next Generation came out, and that was yeah. the,
0: that was the big. I mean, that was it, right? That was the big spinoff of Star Trek, the original, because yeah. that was the original series, and you had Next Generation. That's all you had back then. Yeah, yeah. Even when that happened, I don't. I do remember. I mean, they did they did switch out cast members along the way, but I don't yeah. remember this quick. You know what I mean? It's like usually you have to let your cast members kind of get get let the audience settle in with who's there. Then you can kind of do
1: some switching around as it goes. The next generation had only two major cast members uh, switch out during the entire run of the ser- of the 7 seasons of the series. The first switch out for them was Lieutenant Tasha Yar who was portrayed by Denise Crosby. Denise Crosby, yeah. Her contract was up for renegotiation midway through season 2. Never got renegotiated. She felt like the studio didn't really want her back. She felt like Gene Roddenberry Mm. didn't want her back. So she never renegotiated. So they killed off her character. Okay. And then the other major cast change was, and a lot of people don't remember this, Dr. Crusher, Gates McFadden, was actually, uh, did not renew for season three. And the reason Mm. why is because... She had a problem with one of the producers at the time whose name was Maurice Hurley. Apparently, Hurley was extremely chauvinistic and extremely sexist towards women. And I guess he had a personal or she had a personal issue with Maurice Hurley. He was making advances at her or whatever. Long story told short, she didn't like that. She went up to Gene Roddenberry to personally ask him to remove Maurice Hurley from the show. But because Maurice was a good friend of Gene's, he said, ain't going to happen. And so they wrote off her character mm. for a season and brought in another doctor named, named Dr. Pulaski, portrayed by Diana Muldar, who incidentally who? was in the original series. She was in an episode of the original series in Star Trek with uh, William Shatner. Oh, wow. So they brought her in to play the chief medical officer of the Enterprise for season three. And then lo and behold... Maurice Hurley gets booted off the show towards the end of season three. When Gates McFadden finds out, she's all, yippee, can I come back? And Jean says, come on, we need you back.
0: Oh, yeah, because she was a beloved character. She
1: was. And Diana. Why, and, why
0: did they boot the, uh, was there something that happened that they booted her off the, uh,
1: uh, the replacement? What's her name? Diana Moldar. Yeah. I think, what at least for me, personally as a fan, I felt like they tried to make her like the female version of Dr. McCourt. Dr. McCoy okay she was very crusty very Very dry very dry very acerbic and she was very um, very um, very uh, who who did she play on the
0: original series
1: she played okay. I don't remember what the episode title is. Was she,
0: she just in one episode? She was in just one episode. Okay,
1: and it's where she played a former love interest of Kirk's, and it's a one of the, uh, it's a body switching. Because episode. I kind
0: of remember her and, coming in. Re, this is crazy yeah. because I kind of remember her coming in at the time, and I think mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand. Like, wait, is she? Is she? Yeah. I think as like okay, I see that she's a new character, but I think because yeah. she did have red hair also, but I think yep. it was short and, and curly. Yeah. And I was like, wait, are they? is this just a new Beverly, you know how sometimes they'll replace like Darren's, right. you know, Be Witch that was that was an old TV series where, yep. um, for those of you who don't know the series, so Be is about a, a family and, and the mom is uh, has, is you know, witch. magical power, she's a witch yeah. so it's funny, right in the middle of it, they had problems with the, the lead, the lead the guy that played the husband yep. his name was Darren, and they just changed the actor, so it was like you know, all of a sudden, one right. one season you have one Darren, the next season, it's just another. boom, it's another Darren, but it's right. supposed to be this. Same same character. Right, exactly. So anyway, I'm, what I'm getting at is that I, I, I didn't know. I yeah. didn't quite understand way back then. I'm right, like, wait, right. is this supposed to be a Beverly Crusher but a, you know, cause a different actor because the other act,
1: actress couldn't do it? I mean, right. I don't know.
0: But anyway, so, so yeah. it was a whole new character and then yeah. they brought Beverly back.
1: So other than that, Next Generation had the most stable cast Uh, wow out of any uh, up until up to that point they had the most stable cast of any you know Star Trek yeah because I think in,
0: in Star Trek I mean I don't there's really nobody who left the original is there um, um, I mean when you're talking Spock over, uh, uh Sulu Chekhov I mean Chekhov came in a little bit later Chekhov came in a little bit later but you had Chekhov stayed. and yeah. then of course uh, uh, Kirk, and then uh, Kirk Shatner but um, yeah. yeah I mean those were the mains and, those the mains and everybody I mean, else was a red shirt sorry
1: yeah right if you had a red shirt you knew you died
0: <laughs> so anyway okay so but you're going to give us another update sorry to get back to the original will. with Scotty you'll yeah. give us an update after you watch it I will I may watch it myself just so that we can talk about that character I was so disappointed in that Kirk Episode, the time traveling, right. uh, uh, what was it? Sing, uh, uh, yeah, I can
1: tell it's still seared into uh, your memory there.
0: It still it still burns, it still burns. Oh,
1: oh, beam us up, Scotty. It it looks like it's so time much to leave. The show's over, I can't take it anymore. All right, uh, <laughs> two to beam uh, up. She can't take anymore, he can't <laughs> take anymore, Captain. I'm giving on all she's got. I'm sorry, uh, so there must have been a micro converter talk malfunction.
0: I- talking <laughs> about it enough, Captain. Scotty beat me up twice can't last take night. anymore <laughs> All right, anyway, in my terrible, uh, Scotty impression. Hey, you guys, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Always check us out on our social media. We're on X, formerly Twitter, at PTI underscore podcast, and Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. All right, hey, you guys, take care out there. We'll see you on the next show. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called The No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please, go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.